Okay, so the Cold Oatmeal Podcast is back. We're still going episode three of this season six. Normally, I go around and we fumble through introductions, but you know, today we decided to bring someone in to help us with this who does it for a living. So before I say, hey, to my left, and people look around and then mumble their names into the microphone, let's try it this way. marketing specialist from Vicksburg, Michigan, and a graduate of Michigan State University, number 114, Carly Buell. She's the director of public affairs, a graduate of Michigan State University from Livonia, Michigan, number 11, Laura Buell. From Lansing, Michigan, the director of multimedia and podcast producer, a proud graduate of Notre Dame, number eight, Joe Beshi. He's a vice president from Grand Rapids, Michigan, with a degree from Grand Valley State University, number 27, Nick Michigan, Go Broncos, a graduate of Western Michigan University. She's a vice president, number five, Anna Heaton. And last but certainly not least, the president and owner from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and a graduate of Hillsdale College, number two, Matt. It's true, though. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Don't yikes me. It was, a, it was just a, a thing that I said. And <laughs> that I regret. On a podcast that was recorded. That everybody can hear. That was hear. sent out to thousands of people. Oh. Really? Thousands? Oh, six. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk. Always right here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, it's There's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... See that! <laughs> Okay, so we've done this now with Bob Olson. He's done an intro for us. We've done this with Chris Harkins and the Sexy Budget Read. <laughs> and now, the public address announcer for the Michigan State Spartans, Jeremy Sampson, has opened a Cold Oatmeal podcast. Hey. That was pretty spectacular. Legendary. Yes. I'm going to play that every Monday morning when I need to be hyped up. We should just, I'll just put it on a loop so for, our, for our, our 930 team meeting when we get together. Yeah. Everyone walks in, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just hit the hit play and everyone can walk into the kitchen at the appropriate time. I think that'd be cool. I like that. And I like how Carly, at 114, you know why? You know why 114. I know why. We'll talk about that later. Swift, Swift, sections, Swifty. 114 for Swifty. <laughs> so yes, this is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team and this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in Lansing, Michigan, the home of the Spartans, where our guest is going to be talking a lot and introducing people. Jeremy Sampson's our guest. Um, you can find all of our podcasts at our website at reststrategies.com on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, they're there. You can click and you can listen. 
to this great conversation with a, a, a longtime friend of the podcast. He was one of our very first guests when we kicked this whole thing off. Um, back then, he was kicking off a soccer team here in Lansing. Now, he is the public address announcer for the Michigan State Spartans, as, as you all have just heard. And he's going to talk to us now, Jeremy Sampson. So, Jeremy Sampson, the public address announcer for the Michigan State Spartans. Welcome back. Thank you. The Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's great to be here. Different location a little bit. Yeah. A couple different microphones than... You uh, were there at the beginning. You I were. Was. I was. I was doing my in, in, extensive research for our conversation today. <laughs> you were the fourth guest on the Cold right? Oatmeal Podcast. And now Lucky you are four. the 100, 103rd. Awesome. So I debated calling. I said, you know what? We're going to put you off. we got to find someone else to come on be 103. you got to be 104 Yeah. since you were the fourth. But yeah, you were you were one of the first the guinea pigs to come on and talk about Lansing United. <laughs> that was like, it feels so long. That was before, I mean, Lansing Ignite was like a twinkle in your eye and you were working on it. And I, you, yep. you teased it that it was coming. Um, the, the soccer team that was here for a season that was great and fun. Yeah, that was back in, what, 2017? So yeah. it's, been a, it's been a minute, but um, had a great time doing it, and, and thanks for inviting me back, and excited to talk a little Michigan State basketball today. Well, you know, we got some, I'm a Hoosier, so that we can go, we don't need to get too fan-heavy on, on the Spartans, <laughs> but... Um, we can. Oh, we can? Yeah. Well, you know, we can, it's, yeah. it's they're, they're like two days, we were recording this like two days after they upset the Kentucky Wildcats. What a game. Yeah. That was and so this is like game. this is my pet peeve of Michigan State fans. You can you can track a Michigan State basketball season and their neurotic fans so perfectly well because they start with low expectations. Oh, and then a tough game early that is always schedules. We do really well. Oh, we're gonna be amazing. It's like March. March is here already. It's November. This is awesome. And then December. Oh, we lost four in a row. What's he doing? He's lost it. Do we need a new coach? And then it always then we ticks never back. say we need a new yeah, coach. No, no, well, no, it's no, gonna no. Always it's gotten that bad. It's no, gotten no, that no. bad. No. no, and then it slowly starts to pick up again, and then at the end, it's like, oh, we've always been this good. You are like, not oh, talking to neurotic he... Spartan fans. You're talking to fair-weather Spartan fans who aren't real Spartan fans, because every real Spartan fan knows the way it's going to go. Wow, yeah. you got Nick fired up. It's uh, going to go all the way to the Sweet 16, baby, uh, maybe the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, I at always least just, Elite Eight. <laughs> I always yeah. just expect our teams to be bad. Because that that's is just such what Michigan, I've always that's such experienced. A State so when Carly. when the wins come, you gotta celebrate them. Like when the upset comes to Kentucky, you gotta celebrate. Okay. Them. Do, do you do you have on your sheet of paper there the list of teams in the entire nation with a top five win? Do you have it? Do you have the list? Because, because I've got it in my head. It's one team long. It's the Michigan State Spartans. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's talk to the real experts. So. It might be two now because Gonzaga lost last night. To oh, did they lose last night? Shoot. Oh, so Gonzaga's oh, a complete man. fraud. In Texas. Complete fraud. So that can wipe that Michigan State almost win off Texas the books is, as being Texas is, a, is a, a purple blood. Whatever. In basketball. A purple button. Anyway, so public address now. How long have you been doing this? How long have you been doing this? I remember being surprised. Like, I don't go to a ton of Spartan games, um, but I was like, what? Jeremy's doing that? Isn't, how long have you been doing that? This is year season seven. And how did that happen? How did that start? It's a long story. How long do we have for the we podcast? Got, we can right? record forever. Um, so, you know, there were a couple of very you know, long time voices that, that did it for a very long time. Eric Overseth, if you go back to the Jenison Fieldhouse days, you know, he was uh, just legendary voice. Um, and then Terry Braverman did it for a very, very long time. Terry decided that he was getting close to retirement age and decided that he wanted to, to quit uh, doing it more. So I think as I talked to him, it's just, he wanted to go south or west for the winter and not be tied to mid-Michigan and what we go through in the wintertime. So he stepped down, and I got a call from uh, one of the associate athletic directors who asked me if I would be interested. I said yes. He said, why don't you come in, and we're going to let you do a game to kind of practice and see if you know we like what we hear. So I came in. I did an exhibition game. I was terrible. <laughs> uh, at least I thought I was terrible. Um, and I wasn't that great because they didn't select me. They selected one of the other people uh, to do it. And um, that individual did one season and decided after that, I think he got a new job and left town. Um, so Miles Bridges' freshman year, uh, they came back to me and said, 
you know, we're thinking of making a change. Would you still be interested? And I said, of course I am. And I didn't have to try out anymore. The job was, was kind of mine. So um, I had never done, I mean, I had a close to a 20-year career in broadcasting, and but I'd never done public address announcing before. So getting in and doing it, it's, it's different. It's a different style, and it, it took a little bit for me to get used to it. Is it something you always wanted to do, or was it just a, a thing that came your way at the right time? So I've been a Michigan State basketball fan since I you know, can remember. Um, my sister will uh, – there's somewhere there's a cassette tape somewhere where I was speaking into a – uh, a boom box and practicing interviewing her, telling her she's Judd Heathcote. And, 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 you know, I'm interviewing her. So I've been a Michigan State basketball fan since I can remember. So when given the opportunity to be a very small part of the program, it was an easy answer to say yes to do it. So you said that this is a different approach. Why is it different? It's different than than like live television. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a public address announcer. It's great to hear that you didn't know I was doing it, and I don't really publicize it much on my social medias. I may post one oh, or two. This, this is going to change two, everything. Two things. <laughs> you're you're, you're <laughs> probably be right. To the grocery store. Now everyone's going to know. You like know. say good mo- you know, say good morning to the cashier, and they're going. I know that voice from the Cold Oatmeal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just. Uh, you want to it's almost like being an official like you don't want anybody to know your name mm-hmm. if if they do that means you've screwed up or you've done something wrong like if you just read what's on the script and and describe what's happening in the game correctly then um then you're doing your job and i think i used to have season tickets up in in the upper bowl i think in section 204 or 205 and i think i approach this position as I want to be the voice for that person up in the upper deck who may not be able to see quite as well to what's happening on the floor that I can help them understand what's happening in the game. So is there any kind of professional ethic in of public address announcers or is it a personal thing or is it a is it a college thing where you are either instructed or encouraged to like to be unbiased like you're you're the voice for the building you're not you're not a Spartan fan necessarily are you do you have to be conscious about that or don't they care? It's, it's a great question. I think it's more a stylistic thing than like being a homer. Right. So, and I think there is a difference between a college atmosphere and a professional atmosphere for anybody who's been to a Pistons game. Oh, yeah. That guy say, gets totally into right? it. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's different. And a lot of what they've asked me to do is based on what Coach Izzo wants to see. It's, it's his program. It's his team. He, he's not interested in let's call it being as bombastic as uh, somebody like the Detroit Pistons. Um, So I I tone it down, but I mean, definitely, I think my voice can help give a little bit of energy to the building um, when need be. There are times when it's just so stinking loud that it doesn't matter what I say because you can't hear me anyway, (laughs) which is great. I love those moments, Um, but I do have the ability to uh, to add some energy. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, if, if you are in the building and you hear me read the starting lineups, I read the starting lineups much differently for the visiting team than I do for Michigan state. And I think I do the same thing when somebody scores a basket as well. So there is a little bit of that as well. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm in the building, but I really want the fans, the crowd to be fired up when Michigan state does something that's, that's worthy. I always love the guy, the Pistons guy, Mason, because he's like he goes crazy for the Pistons, and then he'll just go Durant, Yeah, it's very monotone, very quick. Um, I think his big claim to fame is how he does the starting lineups, yeah. um, and and I, I I'm not that again, I'm not that bombastic. But um, did you go through a process of like? in your kitchen like i'm gonna what's what's my thing how am i gonna do this i'm like do is there do you do and you do it every the same way every time yeah so for the starting lineups i i script it out um and for the visiting team it's just basically the same thing you know um from you know wherever their hometown is number whatever you usually get their position guard forward center and then the name 
And then you say, who cares? Well, <laughs> so that's part of it, right? So the Izone has this little thing where they say, who cares? So you don't read the next name <laughs> until, until they're done with that. Done, right? Like you have to understand their piece of it as well. Uh, and then the Michigan State piece. The thing about the starting lineups, and, and they've changed um, – we, we call them affectionately Dobos, the director of basketball operations, mm-hmm. usually comes to me and we communicate about who's in the starting lineup. They're usually mm-hmm. responsible for marking in the scorebook who's, who the five starters are going to be. And it's always been a tradition that either Coach Izzo or the Dobo wants to kind of hype up a certain player. So the order in which we announce the starting five will change from game to game. Even if the starting five stays the same, they may want X player, Cassius Winston, whomever, to to get a little bit more love. And it usually kind of hold the last person for it to be, you know, a little crescendo for that last person. I never thought mm-hmm. I never realized that because sometimes you think it's always the star player who goes. I mean, I always just think of Michael Jordan. Like he was always the last, sure. always the last one. Yep. And uh, but I didn't realize. And, uh, well, that's crowd that expectation, right? Like yeah. at, at the pro level, you're you're so used to you've got your star. But I mean, you're, you're sort of making stars at this level. And we like to mix it up a little bit so yeah. that it's not the same every time. And, and there have been years based on injuries or roster where Izzo changes the starting lineup or it's the same starting five the entire year. And then you're just kind of fluctuating, you know, who gets red first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. So who's getting red fifth on Friday night? Uh, I don't know yet. I don't. It, so uh, it's, it's usually a game time decision. Okay. So when they give me the starting lineup, I will ask – um, Maddie who, who would you like to, to, you know, could be a player who's in a slump a little bit, could be a player who's playing really well. It, and sometimes what throws me off is when the Dobo says, you pick. <laughs> <laughs> we, which which we, has happened. We want Sissoko. Uh, so uh, I will... Uh, Noted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can we can see what we can do for Friday. You could do a whole social media thing where you could take votes. You could like like who sh- who should I announce last? Who, sh- who should go last? Yeah. I think, uh, I think he's he's played really well. Oh my like, god! I've been so impressed with revelation how, how he's uh, improved uh, over the last year. So watching him develop so far has been a lot of fun. That's yeah. That's I, I know it's much more basketball than. You know, oh, what, what the podcast is talking about, but what Coach Izzo does with where he brings these players and he coaches them up for a year and you barely know who they are. And then the next year they're the star player. They're just, they, he unlocks them in ways that other coaches don't. Sissoko has been so much fun this year. After two games. It, but they've been amazing <laughs> games. Just wait. They've been amazing games. You're so judgy. I am judgy. It's fine I'm to get just, excited. Well, excited. like Matt said, you guys are at that point in time where that's what you do, so that's fine. <laughs> you're, you're proving you're, you're very on right brand. on script. Keep it up. Keep it up. We're on but, he, but he's also gone against two of the, the most talented bigs in the country and performed incredibly well yeah. so yeah. far. You'll lose to Grand Valley over Christmas break. <laughs> we beat Grand Valley. We beat Grand Valley in the preseason. We did not look good against Grand no, but Valley. No, but we won't. And that, I was... Trailing at halftime. Yep. It happens. Yeah. So what is the game day routine? When does it start? You have to, like, drink lemon tea? Like, you have to <laughs> so, rest your Yeah, what happens when you get a cold? Do you gonna, still go out there? Yeah, like an understudy. That, that does not happen. It can't happen. Cold, colds do, do not happen. Um, there is, so, uh, I missed, uh, the Northern Arizona game, uh, earlier this season. I was on vacation. We, this, it's hard to plan vacations November through February, right. <laughs> really. Cause you don't, you don't know what the schedule is going to be. And I thought I had a window there. Um, there is somebody else who, uh, who does it fills in his name's Kevin Pauga. He does a great job. Uh, he's part of the athletics department staff. Um, but no real routine. So I have to be careful during the starting lineups because I can and I have strained my voice so much where it affects my voice for the game. And so I, it's finding that sweet spot um, where you want to kind of you find yourself yelling into the microphone because you want to be so excitable. Um, but I can't overdo it. You can't give it all. So at the, the beginning. you can't. The secret for me is halls. Um, I will keep halls at the table, and if I need one, 
at the timeout, pop one in, and and that usually helps. So, no real game day routine for water or uh, you know tea with lemon and honey. Although I have done that before, if I'm not feeling well, uh, just to try and make sure that the voice stays okay. Um, but there is there is a a routine for getting prepared for the game. Um, and really all that is, is I keep a, a spreadsheet with me at the table because I'm responsible for announcing fouls, uh, personal fouls and team fouls. So I will put a spreadsheet together that stays the same for Michigan State. Um, got number, name, pronunciation if I need it. And then I change out the visiting team, usually day before, a couple days before, um, use their uh, their game notes, which usually has pronunciations on it in case they have a, a difficult name that you don't know how to pronounce. Um, and so I'll put that together and then uh, a color printout of that and usually two copies in case I make a mistake or have to change and then keep that with me at the table. So that's, that's what the the production looks like to get ready for a game is just looking at the other team's roster and putting it in my spreadsheet and printing it out. So not, not a whole lot of time goes into that. Pronunciations is usually the hardest part. And then each team has a sports information director. So if I have any questions and most of them, you know, after seven years now, especially in the big 10, or they'll come up and say, Hey, do you need any help with this name or, or whatnot? And they're, they're willing and able to help with that. Don't ask for Matt's help on that. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Not good with names. About, about, about 20 people know this, but I have, a, I have a career in public address announcing. Uh, last year, I was enlisted to be the PA announcer for uh, the high school soccer team. And so, you know, and so my preparation involved about six minutes before the game. I got there and I got the program and I would look at like 15 of these high schoolers names and I could pronounce about three of them. Yep. And so I would go to the visiting sideline and just say, whose mom is this? <laughs> whose dad is this? Like, how do I say your name? And by the time I got to the bottom of the stairs to climb up to the thing, I had forgotten everything. Yep. Yeah. And so I would get up there and I would start reading like, I don't remember this. Good luck. I, you have no idea. You know, the kid, I read a name and like no one moved. Cause like, who's that? They, I wouldn't have even gone and done any research. So, you know, you, at least you tried. High school soccer is not easy because no. you have to read every name. It's not you don't just announce the the starting eleven in soccer. Right, you announce every name. I've done that for for uh, for Holt as well uh, when my kids played. Uh, it's not easy. Well, and there are a ton of international names. There are a lot of names that are not Joe Smith. <laughs> Correct. So so I little. In case your career continues, uh, there is. I was not. I was not asked to return. This season. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. It was oh, sort no. of a one and done. I, I couldn't. I couldn't hide my emotions in the in the booth. I was. I was not unbiased in my announcing at all. But was, there. There is a website. How do, how to pronounce or how do you pronounce? I don't remember which one it is, but I have put names in that before. More for the high school stuff. So. The SIDs and the colleges that I that I love, and some of them do this, if you go to their website and you can pull up their roster, it will have a little ear symbol next to the player's name where either the player pronounces their name or the SID pronounces their name, which is really helpful. So I think that should be mandatory across all <laughs> 300 and whatever Division One schools that everybody should have that on their roster page so that the public address announcer can hear exactly how to pronounce it. How often do you, though, even if you've practiced it, do you have that moment? Like you, you see the name and your mind completely blanks on how you were supposed to say it. I did it, I did it at Grand Valley. So Jason Whitens, who was a walk-on for Michigan State, got hurt uh, last year early on, f exhibition game or first or second game of the regular season, had an ACL injury, so he's back this year. Um, and I know it's Whitens, but it looks like Wittens. Mm -hmm. And I said Wittens, and I was kicking myself under the table, right? And it happens. Yeah. Um, it, it happens a lot. The, the funny one that I always remember from Eric Oferseth as he was finishing his career was there was a guard for Michigan State. His name was Jason Klein. And Eric O, his, his tagline, when somebody made a three-pointer, he would say, three, that's a three for Klein. Jason Klein for three. 
Only this time, he called him Kevin Klein. <laughs> and I will never forget that. So it happens. Well, last year, because uh, Owen was a freshman, and so I got into this high school, so I didn't know any of the upperclassmen or their families or their names, really. And so there were two brothers, Caden and Dylan Kinnis. One was a senior, one was a junior. And so the first game of the season, I, I see Kinnis, and I'm like, I don't know the Kinnises. I don't know their parents. And I didn't, never didn't know these kids. And so I, I said, Mr. Dylan Kinnis. And I, <laughs> and I hear the whole audience start cracking up. They're, all, they're laughing. I'm like, people are laughing. And then I say, Caden Kinnis. And, they're all, <laughs> and, they're laughing. and then they're all, they're like mocking their parents, like, hey, Kinnises. And they now, a lot of people still call them the Kinnises because of that. Like, you should have just leaned into it where you did that from like every name, even if you know how. Oh, works just that's your bit yeah, yeah. well there, there was one dad who was still to this day like if i were up there he thought my name was mark and so i would get done and he would look at me and say, way to go mark great job <laughs> i got you man oh, that's awesome. mark. do people ever say something to you if you do it wrong yes yeah uh the the visiting sid if i pr- mispronounce one of their names yes they will they will say something which like, is fine like I, mid-game like they'll come correct you so you don't yep. get it wrong okay yep yeah. yeah, and I wish I could say it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often, but it happens a couple of times a season where you look at it, you see something, you've got it written phonetically in front of you, but he's still, yeah. your just brain just wrong. wants to say cannot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just, it happens. So, and, and I'm fine with that. Like, um, yeah. I will never, you know, I think I, my goal before the game is to have a perfect game. I've got a script in front of me that has a ton of, of sponsor reads in it for the timeouts. And that's easy until the person who writes that writes something that's not grammatically correct, which happens all the time. Yeah. And so they do send that to me the day before and I have a chance to read through it. And I'm always like, Hey, uh, let's let's page 22 here. Can we? And I, they probably think I'm like the biggest jerk because I'm picking apart their grammar. But I'm like, uh, uh, we need to no, but it's going to make you sound dumb. So, well, and that's that's part of it. So um, I screw up all the time. Um, but so as a lifelong Spartan fan, I can get like being excited is fine. Like if, if they're if it's an amazing game and the atmosphere is crazy, being excited. And that's good. And it doesn't happen often because the Spartans are perfect and Tom Izzo's amazing. But on games when they stink, and in your if you were in your living room, you'd be punching the couch and cursing at the TV. How do you like not do like? How does your voice not do the same like Mason thing? It was like, you know, Winston. <laughs> well, so it's easy to to take the temperature of the room, like it, you know when they're down by twelve with. 60 seconds to go and it's clear they're not going to win um or two minutes left or three minutes left um the crowd is either leaving or they're very subdued um i try and treat it whether it's the first minute of the game or the last minute of the game i really try and treat it the same way um and not play to you know how things are going in the arena there are times um and i think a um a good example of that is when the students are on break and they have the um, veteran is owners come back, let's say. Um, the, the lame people. <laughs> it's not quite the same atmosphere. I was going to say the those are the best games, but okay. <laughs> um, that, that time, again, I am able to use my voice to try and bring the level in the in the arena just a little bit higher if it if i think it needs to be do you ever get sick of it or are you into it every single time you do it is there ever a day where like i don't do this today um i haven't i think if i ever get to that part i'll just stop doing it um i haven't i haven't gotten there yet um i i joke and and maybe you can edit this out for me um (laughs) they pay me to do it i would do it for free but Please don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell them that. Um, you know, it's if I ever got to that point where it was just too much, or I, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't excited to do it. I think I'd, I think I just stop. So, I think you know, looking at if I'm fortunate enough to to be able to keep doing it, if I did it another, you know, ten to twelve, maybe fifteen years, that would be that would be great. I think looking at the other two individuals that. 
Um, I don't want to make a bunch of mistakes. I, you know, I'd rather go out while I'm still kind of at the top of my game. Um, then it's like, it's kind of, it's like, I mean, you're still pretty new at this. It's like, you're not, yeah, you know, not it's like, out. it's like Tom Brady. You don't want to hang on too long. Like, you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. Pat Summerall. <laughs> so do you get a break during the game? If you're reading stuff during timeouts and, you know, keeping track of everything, can you break focus for even a second? Not much. So some of the timeouts are just straight me reading. Yeah. And usually they'll put two to four sponsor reads in any timeout because those fluctuate from two minutes to three and a half. And that all is dependent on is the game on ESPN, the Big Ten Network, CBS, right? Um, the, the games on CBS, as you get later in the year, the timeouts are longer. Uh, then they get even longer in the NCAA tournament. But um, it all depends on what's in that script. They're there there in that timeout. So there are some that it's just me reading, but they have videos or uh, let's just take the T-shirt toss, for example. Right. I don't have to read over that. I kind of introduce it and then, you know, they do the rest of it. So but there isn't a lot of downtime, even at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm either introducing the halftime act or there's a game like the um, there were two games at the exhibition game. There was um, they had a three person team and you had to make a layup, a free throw and a three pointer. And then they did a lightning game. So I was kind of announcing as they were going through those. But halftime. So the restroom situation. <laughs> I was, was going to ask. You I, I, I I wondered who if all of you were thinking about it. That um, just a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I my other routine is is there's water available up uh, in the press room, and I take four small water bottles with me throughout the game, um, and I, I just. You're so focused, you don't have time to think about. But if I did have to go, halftime would be the the time. But it's almost like you want Secret Service. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly taking you there, making sure that the restroom's available and that you can go quickly and you don't have to wait. But um, Is there anybody, have you scripted out because like the band's playing and the ads are being read? And I mean, is there someone, you're not listening to anyone say, okay, now the band's going to go. Is there someone scripting all this stuff or do you just have it? Is it all you and the band director and everyone else who's doing something know the order that it happens? So they're used, they've changed the way I wear a, a headset, but I don't hear anything in my headset, which is how I would, how I like it. There have been times when I have heard what's going on behind the scenes. There is a, a marketing person. She's a producer who sits right next to me and she's, dictating what happens when so she lets me know when it's time for me to read and she just kind of points at my script and then i go um so i but i don't hear which is great um it just takes me back to those tv days when you've got your ifb in and you're reading your script and you've got the producer director trying to tell you something well you know it that's difficult at times when somebody's talking in your ear and you're trying to talk about something else. So, um, I asked them and they said, no problem. So I don't hear anything. And and the person next to me just lets me know when it's time to talk. How often does something happen on the court? And you're like, who did that? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea who just did that. (laughs) Um, uh, it does happen. So, um, Amy is, um, I think her last name is is Coxon, but she's married. So it's, she's a great story. She's the official scorekeeper. And her dad, Jack, was the official scorekeeper before her. Mm. Uh, so there's a nice little family lineage there. Amy and I get along very well. Um, we like to watch the visiting coaches. Um, Fran McCaffrey from Iowa. If any of you know <laughs> Iowa basketball, there's some funny social media um things out there with like the franometer on how upset he gets during a game (laughs) and his level one is like most people's level eight um so you know we we work well together sometimes she misses things and she relies on me seeing them and sometimes i miss things and i rely on her to help me especially with fouls so like i said i'm always double checking the fouls and i'll do so with her um and then substitutions she charts all the substitutions 
And that can be difficult, too, if both coaches decide, well, I want to sub four or five guys at a time. You're kind of expected to mention all of their names, yeah. uh, which can be difficult if you're trying to do seven, eight, nine, ten, which has happened before. Um, but she's she's very helpful for that. So having somebody next to you who she's also paying very close attention and somebody that I get along with really well uh, makes it fun and makes it easy in case any of us miss anything. So my parents <clears throat> moved to Minnesota a number of years ago and moved into a condo. And across the hall, their neighbors across the hall, are Fran McCaffrey's in-laws. <laughs> oh, That's wow. And they are now fast friends. They are like, it's like open doors on both sides. It's just like, we're all just, we're best friends. And so, and they always talk about, oh, Fran's so nice. Fran, and, <laughs> Fran was here for the, for the weekend and he, I saw him in the elevator. He was just so, he's so nice. I'm like, have you watched TV? He doesn't look, <laughs> he doesn't look very nice, but... <laughs> Different uh, between the lines than, yeah. than he is at the in-laws place, probably, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's interesting. Um, do I you have much interaction with the other coaches? Zero. If I do, there's, I've probably, probably really bad. screwed up. <laughs> so, um, no, no, no other interaction. Um, there have been a few times when, when Tom has come down, but no real interaction with him. Um, Terry used to sit next to Tom. See, Tom's different than most other coaches during pregame. He will come out, sit on the Michigan State bench, and watch the other team warm up. I've never seen another head coach in all of my years of covering Michigan State and, and doing this, seen another coach do that. So Terry used to go sit next to him. He would slide the piece of paper over, and Tom would circle the starting five. That's how he did it. I've just done it a little bit differently and not bothered him with that. I mean, I say bothered. That was kind of their thing, right? Um, but I get it from somewhere else. So not too much interaction with him. Um, a little interaction with the players. So they come down the scorer's table before the game and fist bump everybody. Like, it's just part of what they do. And um, there was one game when Aaron Henry was here that – I was reading something or writing something or just paying attention, and I kind of had my left fist just out. And the players had all come down. I wasn't even looking at them as they were coming down. And I still had my hand out. He was the last one to come down the line. And then he there's this little tearaway piece uh, that they used to clean their shoes. He had torn that off. He was still standing there cleaning his shoes off. And I apparently still had my fist out. And then he just started fist bumping me like, half a dozen times <laughs> and then we did that the rest of the season like that became part of his pregame routine That's um, so funny. which was funny it just totally happened by accident so i know right now you've got to focus on your job and the current players and, and you can't pick favorites but having done it for seven years are there players now that have gone on to other things that you that you root for in 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 life or, or whatever based on interactions you had or or the relationships that you built yeah i think um i had more of a relationship i felt like when i was in the media and i was interviewing them all the time um i have seen some of them in public and i don't think any of them know my name which is fine but they would recognize yeah, they, my they will now they yeah will. right well, <laughs> i know they all listen to the, yeah. the cold oatmeal podcast um so i I don't know if I really root for for anyone more than anyone else. The thing with Aaron was funny. Like, it just kind of happened, and then it kept happening. And um, he I don't think he thought anything of it. I thought it was kind of cool. But um, I have – I am I look at it like as a Michigan State fan. I'm just super fortunate to have a seat at the scorer's table, which is as close to the floor as you can get without actually being on the floor at center court. I just and 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 the the excellent basketball that I get to watch. Michigan State has been, you know, super. Sorry for they have. So, don't make a face. So so, so many years. It's but true. It, the Big Ten. There's great basketball in the Big Ten. So you mm -hmm. just get to see a ton of great games. Um, there there have been some exciting moments. You know, buzzer beaters and things like that. End of game situations that are fun. Um, the other, uh, the other piece that's always maybe more emotional than anything else is senior day. 
senior day is always a huge deal and it's a really big deal to coaches though maybe well i shouldn't say maybe it is like the most important day to him so i learned very early on one of his things that he really hopes for is that as many fans stay in the seats because they do senior day after the game that as many fans stay in their seats to kind of help congratulate these players on their careers as possible so i learned very early on i think they have it in the script like one time you know fans we invite you to stay in your seats for our senior day festivities after the game you know we hope that you'll join us in celebrating this year's senior class that's in the script once the dobo would come down hey coach wants you to read that every chance you get so i just know now like after the under four timeout on senior day i read that five or six times like they don't have to tell me it's something that's really important to him that the fans stay and salute those seniors that have been a part of the program for four or five years do you have a moment so far over seven years it's the the high point either as a fan or in doing this i was like wow i can't believe i just saw this I, I don't. Um, I think, uh, again, there are so many moments, whether it's Big Ten championships or uh, end-of-game situations, buzzer beaters, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think there's one so far that I just remember, like, you know, this was the best. I think, again, I just enjoy doing it. Um, a little bit of a kid in a candy store as a, as a fan that you get to sit there and – and again, be a part of the the game days and uh, and be a small part of of what happens in the arena. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming by and helping been, us out with with a little announcing. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, you know I, I we can do it another you know ninety nine episodes. We'll see, we can we'll figure see out something two, else to talk about. Episode we've, two. We've talked about <laughs> soccer now and, yeah. and basketball, so we'll have to. What we'll sports next? That's a good question. <laughs> if I'm still doing this podcast at episode 202, then there's a major problem going on. <laughs> We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of soccer, we have two soccer fans who listen. To two? Just only two? Well, Alicia, I'll give a shout out. Okay. The other is Vladko. I don't think he listens, but just in case. <laughs> How does he not? You should just play it out loud. Like make him listen to it. I've tried. He just <laughs> runs away. Um <laughs> Well, this will be coming out when the World Cup starts, so we have to give a shout out. We, Who very, do you think? Final four. Very true. What do you think? So it's always a hard question with a tournament like the World Cup because they put the teams in groups of four, and then depending on how you finish in that group determines how you get put into the bracket. So it's different than like the NCAA basketball tournament when you can look and say, okay, my team's in this bracket. I have to play this team and then I have to play this team. There's some games that have to happen before. Um, with that being said, Argentina, Brazil are probably my two favorites um, to see what happens uh, with, with those two countries. I think they're, they're the two betting favorites and you look at the talent that they have on their teams. And I think those two countries probably have a, a better shot than anyone. Um, I read the other day that uh, FIFA did the, the video game, did a simulation and they've correctly predicted through their simulations, the world cup champion, the last three world cups. Wow. That's oh creepy. my god. So, who'd they, who'd they, they have? If Croatia. You, if you believe in that, then Argentina. Okay. They, they have okay. Argentina. We'll have so, to see how it plays we'll out. We'll have to see if the if the FIFA simulation Hashtag continues on and Messi out on the top this as year. As, yeah. As long as France doesn't win. Yeah, nobody likes the French. Nobody does. Well, it was it was it was a fascinating last year cuz we had an Italian exchange student living with us during qualifying. Yeah. And Italy like they didn't win it, but they came super close and they're super good and they didn't make it. Like and like how he was like devastated. So they were like the US that didn't yeah. qualify 4 like, years how ago. How does this team not yeah. make this? Right. But Yeah. Anyway, well that's maybe we can talk about. We can talk about the World Cup in f- 6 years. Well, it is going to be in the U.S. in in four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there you go. okay, we'll set we'll mark the calendars four years from now. Jeremy will be back. Perfect for two hundred two. We will do two hundred two. Matt our, won't be here, but Cup, everybody else will be here. Our World Cup bracket party. Okay. Well, Jeremy, any more questions? Anna, you good? Okay. Jeremy, thanks so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. Appreciate we'll be, it, guys. Good to see y'all. We will be right back.
got a <clears throat> text this week from a court of appeals judge who said, Hollywood for ugly people, huh? Her <laughs> 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 reputation so people continues do to decline. <laughs> Nick? Uh, well, I said what Still I said. Still out there. Well, just to show the power of, I mean, the power of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what Joy was with us last time. You know, Joy Thrun for the, the travel yeah. guru. She's helping us with our trip to, to England come this spring. And so she was, I think I mentioned, we're trying to get tickets to see a, a Premier League soccer game. And so she was connecting me with like people who could do that. And I was on this string of emails that she forwarded to me um, to one of these ticket brokers. And it's an American ticket broker, but like someone who could help. And, and she's like, just so you know, this this customer is, is a, a VIP. <gasps> He is the he is the host of a very prominent podcast <laughs> that has a very large listeners. So I, I would I would really ask that you give him For a really real? great I'd be service. So freaking embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would have been embarrassed had I gotten any level of service other than yeah. what tickets do you want? <laughs> <laughs> they were and, like, and oh. this is how, and give me your credit card. <laughs> You know okay. what you should do? Like, I sold tickets to Joe Rogan today. <laughs> you you should offer to mail him an autographed coaster. I should. For, for all of us. You, you helped land us these tickets. Thank you so, so much. What, I would like your home you address, to, right? We are going to go see Arsenal Leeds on April 1st. So we're going Who to, do they lead? What? That's the name. Leeds. <laughs> Leeds United oh. is the name of the, t- the, the team. Okay, and we're they're at the, at Arsenal. So I, I, the boys really can't listen to this because that's their Christmas present. So, oh, yeah, they'll so. be so excited. So for the cost of plane tickets, we're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're yeah. basically going to go see a soccer. That's game. That's awesome. But it'll be fun, as Joy says. It's not the it's not the price you'll remember. It's the experience. Absolutely. Right. You know what else sure. like that is happening? Taylor Swift. Oh, <laughs> Do we have enough time to talk about Taylor? <laughs> I mean, I could go into heavy detail. <laughs> let's not, and I let's will. Not do that, I will go into let's, heavy let's, detail. Let's, no. What's what's light detail? Um, and well, the, the, I wasted about eight hours of my life this week during the workday. For the cl- for clients, for client purposes, she took the day off. All of it, obviously, during the workday. Yes, and um, I suffered. I suffered greatly, but I ended up victorious, and I'm going June second in nice. Chicago to see Taylor Swift. That was the day we were going to have our our summer retreat, oh. our our business summer retreat. We'll have to oh. move. The, the I'll annual. be sad to miss it. <laughs> The, the, the irony of all this is that our world traveler, who's still not with us, is I, I don't think she's been with us since we last recorded. Nikki, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what city she's in right now. She somehow managed to get tickets before you. I know. I need to ask her like how she managed to do that because it was just. I'm thrilled you got tickets. Horrible. But there was a part of me that wanted to be able to guilt her for six, seven months about right. having getting them and me and not, not having you, them, not you being able to go. Yeah, that would have been fun. part of her charmed life. <laughs> it would have really eaten away at me. So you how, know, how, she was the one who got the Adele tickets. I didn't in two different presales. Yeah, maybe, maybe she should. Maybe she should be a ticket broker. That's, yeah, uh, she has this has this magic skill. She always yeah, gets the maybe. tickets. Some people have that stuff. Like you, there are born winners and born yeah. losers. Yeah. <laughs> There are, there are like, I, the casinos, higher coolers. I mean, there are people that just have it and people that don't. Yeah. And apparently Carly has it. There you go. At least she has, what, two tickets to Taylor Swift? Or how many did you get two? How many, how many three. did you get? Three. Three. Who's going? Me Joe and, and two else? friends from high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, he said he would go with me though, so. Wow. Full sale goes on tomorrow, so I might just Joe, did you get in it. the queue too? Like, so there was no, an extra option? Um, that was the plan. Should she have failed with Chicago, I think the plan was, okay, well, now we need to try it in, like, Denver and Los Angeles. And yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh my yeah. Literally, I was like, okay, and if I, I don't get these tickets, we're both that. trying in Denver, and I will fly us to Denver. Like, I oh was so goodness. committed. I wanted to go so bad. Wow. Wouldn't it be easier to just, like, get tickets to Jimmy Fallon or something? <laughs> Like some night that she's going to be. She'll sing one song on Jimmy Fallon. Not she was just concert. on Jimmy Fallon and didn't even sing. So oh, what? The That's messed up. She was just like the main like talking guest. And then they brought out Megan Trainer on the same to episode. Sing. Yeah. That's well, messed what's up. the matter with Megan Trainer? She's just not Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. You don't tune in to hear Taylor Swift just talk. No. I don't tune in for Taylor Swift at all. But 
I mean, I tuned in for the talking, but it would have been better with the singing as well. Right. If it's better. both, it's okay. Yeah. I do like Megan Trainer, but not in the same episode. No. That's I think it's because Matt did the Taylor Swift Peloton ride. He was sending good vibes. Yeah, you I helped. Was, cause, yeah, you didn't get it the first day, and then I did the ride yesterday, yeah. and uh-huh. then you got the tickets. You helped. So. Actually, I think Joe, it was because Joe was in the room with me, because... I tried and Because he always puts off such a, a good positive. <laughs> <laughs> Radiates I joy. I tried in Detroit. I got all the way to confirming the my credit card and it booted me to the back of the queue. <gasps> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm joining Chicago. Like this is literally my last hope. And so <laughs> when I was like about to get in, I was like, you have to stay here and we're going to do it and I'm going to get them. And when it finally went through, it was just, it was awesome. Okay. So Ticketmaster sucks, huh? Dude, it was literally the worst thing I've ever seen. If I ever want tickets to anything else ever again, it'll be like a walk in the park after trying to get these. Well, AOC said she's going to break up Ticketmaster now. Good. Yeah, I hope so. Well, Pearl F- Jam's em. been working on that since 95. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she can get it done. Get them out of here. Well, I can't wait to hear how it goes. So June 2nd, market calendars, everyone. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, and uh, thank you to Jeremy. I mean, he—he, he, I'm, I'm sure he's kicking himself that he didn't stick around for the the Swift talk. I told him Did when he first got here. So. Yeah, we we gave him. <laughs> he's the in the loop. Okay. We got here. Well, thanks. I appreciate Jeremy coming by for his second second run on the Cold Oatmeal podcast. It was always good to see him, and thanks for the the cool intro he gave for us. So I think this is coming out maybe right before Thanksgiving. So we aren't doing the golden turkeys or cold turkeys or any of the turkeys. We're just. Talking about Taylor Swift and Michigan State basketball. A lot to be thankful for. That's right. Yeah, so, so much. Everyone who's listening has a great Thanksgiving holiday and safe travels, and we will talk to you next time. Go soccer. <laughs> <laughs>